Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Time for another Word Balloon podcast. It's John Suntress adjusting the microphone and welcoming you back to some more great uh, pop culture, comic book conversation. And uh, we got a great guest for you today. It's the return of Greg Pak. Now, uh, Greg, as I say in my introduction with Greg, uh, really bailed me out last year at uh, San Diego Comic-Con because uh, he came on a panel of uh, just, a, you know, our, our comic book podcasting panel. And it was great to get uh, his perspective as a, a, a guest on podcasts of, you know, what he thinks of what's been going on with the podcasting world. I mean, this was the 10th the, uh, anniversary of our uh, podcasting panels, and it was great to uh, get his point of view. Well, he's back today. It's funny because he was teasing Kingsway West uh, even last summer, and uh, it's just coming out. In fact, it just came out first issue this Wednesday, today, as I'm uh, presenting this episode. And uh, great to have Greg on. Um, he explains why there was a delay uh, by choice, by his choice, and uh, he feels like he's made a better first issue because of it. I would agree. I, I don't know what it was would have been uh, prior to uh, this release that finally just happened this week, but excellent first issue, great Western story. Um, it's got a little steampunk in there and a little mysticism, some magic, but it's a, it's a great Western, and I, I love Westerns, and it's great to talk to Greg about Westerns and Kingsway West. We also talk about the Totally Awesome Hulk, because uh, he is a, a main uh, part of Civil War, and uh, some big things have happened in the Hulk universe. I'm sure you're well aware of it. Bruce Banner has been killed by Hawkeye. How does uh, Amadeus Cho, the Totally Awesome Hulk, react? It's uh, a big question, and uh, we're getting into that. Last week, Civil War released The Fallen, which also ex- uh, explored the Hulk universe uh, reaction to the loss of Bruce Banner, and uh, Greg wrote that. <clears throat> now, we spoke before that came out, so I didn't have a chance to read that for this interview. I have since read it. It was fantastic. Of course it was. Uh, Greg also has a great project at Boom, and that is Escape from New York meets uh, Big Trouble in Little China. So we're finally getting Jack Burton and Snake Plissken together, which uh, is really interesting and I think a lot of fun. And Greg is obviously a big uh, fan of uh, both franchises. Got to talk to John Carpenter about uh, the characters and uh, give him his story pitch. Interesting stories there. So uh, tremendous to talk to Greg. And also, he just always is a busy guy. Uh, he's got his kids' books that he's been working on, some ebooks and things like that. So it, it, he's just one of those creatives that I like to catch up with and find out what he's doing to uh, spread his brand to the geek market. So wonderful to talk to Greg Pak on today's episode of Word Balloon. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you, League, for your great support. And I appreciate that through Patreon. Um, Word Balloon is free. It's always going to be free. But if you want to help the cause and subscribe to Word Balloon, I even had more uh, people subscribe this week. You can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon and uh, see the subscription page there. Or if you go to wordballoon.com and click on the Patreon tabs there, it will take you to my Patreon page and my video. And uh, just, you know, hey, thanks for the support. I really do appreciate it. It uh, it really does help out in terms of uh, helping the costs of the podcast 
and uh, helping me get to conventions and make new uh, connections as far as guests and panels and, and things that I try to present to you each week on Word Balloon. I, I think you get unique uh, entertainment from Word Balloon. If you think so, and if you think it's worth a dollar, two dollars, the price of a comic book, given the hours of entertainment I try to provide each month, I hope you think so. And if, if you can spare it, um, that would be great. I really do appreciate the help. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Uh, there are great deals happening this week at InStock Trades from some of our Word Balloon regulars, people like Tom King, Omega Men. The end is here. The trade paperback is finally out. 50% off. It's the complete Omega Men story, one of the bright lights of the new 52. 50% off. It's just $12.49. Brian Bendis and uh, Alex Maleev present Scarlet Book 2. And that premiere hardcover is now available at 50% off. It's just $12.49. You can also get the Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane Omnibus hardcover, 50, or pardon me, 45% off. It's $41.25. And uh, let's, uh, let's look up Greg Pock and get some great uh, Greg Pock uh, discounts from InStockTrades.com. I'm doing this as we speak. Um, you can get things, you know, Greg was an excellent writer of Battlestar Galactica for Dynamite, and several of those trade paperbacks are now available at great prices. You can get uh, Trade Paperback Volume 2, which uh, has uh, either the photographic cover featuring uh, Baltar and uh, Number 6, and uh, also a Number 6 uh, cover from uh, Stepan Sejic. Uh, Nigel Rayner was the artist in the interiors, but it's a great presentation of uh, Volume 2, of uh, Battlestar Galactica from Greg Pak, uh, 30% off, just $10.49. You can also get the Battlestar Galactica Omnibus trade paperback uh, at 30% off, $17.49. And that's Greg's complete run. Uh, he mentions Turok in our conversation. You can get the Turok Dinosaur Hunter Volume 2 trade paperback at 30% off, just $11.89. There's, of course, The Great Planet Hulk, one of the greatest Hulk stories ever. And uh, Greg was uh, the guy who wrote it, 45% off, $19.24. Just a few, here's another one, Silver Surfer Devolution. Greg Pak, wonderful story, uh, 45% off, $8.24. Just the tip of the iceberg of some of the great Greg Pak product you can get at InStockTrades.com. Go check out the deals for yourself at their website, InStockTrades.com. Okay. Without further ado, I am happy to uh, welcome back Greg Pak to Word Balloon. He's back. It's been about a year now that I think about it, Greg Pak, because you uh, you fished me out of a jam for um, oh yeah San Diego last That's year right. at the podcast panel. That's right. That was fun. And then and then I think we followed up in August with uh, with more. I thought we did. Yeah, we did. We talked about was that about ABC Disgusting then, or I can't remember now. It probably was, or as I like to call it, the princess who can't spell. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. No, that was the other yeah, one. Yeah, that was the other one. You got two exactly. The, the, yeah. That's right. No, ABC Disgusting. You're right. That's like all just you know, it's fun to say poop and let's spell poop correctly <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we were talking about the kids' books. Those were the kids' books. That I... Yeah, but also Kingsway West because yeah. this was you know. Oh right, well back when we first announced. Yeah. Yeah. Now, wasn't it supposed to come? Well, first of all, welcome back. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> Always a pleasure. And um, well, it's oh, and I had another icebreaker for you. Boy, I'm, I'm totally blowing my. Uh, <laughs> if, this, if this were the Tonight Show, I'd be canceled now. <laughs> so I, I meant to tell you in May I saw uh, your buddy uh, Jonathan Colton. Oh, cool. And it was fantastic. And he just it was just him. But no, it was it was great. And I live I live right by the theater. And literally, I was just. 
getting exercise and walking uh, in one of my favorite uh, parts of, of Chicago. And I'm walking by this theater that I live by. And it's like tonight, Jonathan Colton. And I'm like, oh, nice. that's awesome. I got nothing to do. I'm going to go see Jonathan Oh, that's Colton. great. Excellent. So I walked up. I bought two tickets. I took a friend and we, we had a great time. It was excellent. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I actually haven't seen him live in a while. I need to do that myself. I haven't... Uh... I, uh, he's been, he has been, uh, producing more music and traveling a lot recently. So pretty cool, man. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. Let's get back to now Kingsway West. I've already promoted it in the, in the opening. It's uh, dark horse comics. It's a uh, steampunk Western <laughs> with some fantasy in it. Yeah. yeah it, it's all, all fair, uh, descriptions. And yeah, stuff. I think so. Uh, it's, uh, it's about a Chinese gunslinger searching for his wife in an old West overrun with magic. So uh, it's uh, you know we're we're kind of combining genres and playing some big games here, and it's uh, it's been a blast, man. Mirko Kolak is uh, is drawing, uh, gorgeous. Yeah, he's just killing. Gorgeous. Him. Where'd you find him? Well, I worked with him on Red Skull Incarnate, which was the Red Skull origin yes. story for Marvel back when. And, and I believe you told me this last year when we talked oh, yeah, about yeah, Kings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Oh, I'm glad you reminded yes. me. Thank uh, you. Then, which was awesome. Well, thank, Go thank on. You. And then and then we uh, worked together also on the Turek book for Dynamite. And in both of those books, he just did this amazing job drawing like regular people and and uh, drawing stuff that uh, uh, historical stuff, you know, like because the uh, both of those books were drew a lot from history and um, and and he was just a, a demon at, at, uh, at with detail uh, with that kind of stuff and um, uh, and so I, I and also he just loves outdoor adventure stories uh, oh, cool. and so. Uh, uh, you know, we've been talking about doing something together, and um, I, I said, well, I've got this Western I've been thinking about. He was like, I'm in. Uh, oh, that's yeah, awesome. he just loved the idea of doing it. And then as, as the story grew, it became this, uh, you know, a Western with these fantastical elements, this magical Western kind of world. And um, and uh, and I hadn't actually, you know, I, the stuff I'd done with Mirko had been fairly uh, realistic. I mean, we did have dinosaurs in the Turek book, but <laughs> but it wasn't pure fantasy. Um, and... Uh, but he totally just loved the challenge and has totally risen to the occasion. And it's this great combination of just really gritty, real feeling Western uh, looking stuff, outdoor, you know, landscapes and everything. Along oh, yeah. Really John Ford. John Ford. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Sky Country. Exactly. Along with this just crazy, fantastical stuff that he's doing. He's just going nuts with it. And it's uh, it's a great combo. I just love it. And Will Quintana is doing the... Um, the, the colors and Simon Bolin is lettering and these are both folks I've worked with a lot on other stuff and it's just it's it's been a really great crew uh, they really care and are really bringing their a games it's it's gorgeous and yeah I like I like the alternate history I mean uh, I, can I reveal and can we talk about some of yeah, the, the yeah, things yeah. about this backdrop and yeah, everything because yeah there's you know there's a portion of what it what would be the United States that's being controlled by Mexico there's a sliver that seems to be controlled uh, by uh, either the Chinese directly or or an Asian uh, group. I'm not. I'm not. I, yeah, well, actually, no. They do say Chinese. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely, yeah. it is Chinese. So yeah. And also, there's the the mineral that everyone is kind of the spice of your doom <laughs> is this red gold. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like imagine um, the gold rush happened, but instead of finding gold, they found red gold. And red gold is the substance in this world that is the uh, the source of uh, what they call extramundial phenomenon. So it's, it's basically <laughs> the source of magic in this mm -hmm. world, and uh, so it becomes the most valuable commodity around. The you know the 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 uh, it's like 
oil and magic and everything all wrapped up together. And, um, sure. you know, uh, and uh, so all of these different communities are, are and empires and and uh, republics are fighting over it. Um, and our story picks up basically um, years after gold was first discovered. And there's been a 13 year old, a 13 year red gold war between the uh, the, the Chinese run. Um, the Well, there's a there's a there's the queen of golden city yeah golden city exactly. okay that's uh, in northern california and the uh the mexican ruled uh, republica de los californios in the southwest um and then there's there are other uh there's a there's a i'll spoil yes. it but there's a there's a whole there are other uh communities territories uh, yeah territory yeah. that's a good word uh, yeah. in, in the mix as well um and our characters are kind of you know the the people on the ground who are caught in the middle of all this uh this crazy mayhem. Um, our hero is Kingsway Law, who was a uh, Chinese soldier uh, who fought during this war, um, fought for the queen, uh, defended his people, but uh, you know found himself committing horrible atrocities, and and uh, and and he walks away from it all um, at the end of the war. He becomes an outlaw. He's actually chased by the queen's. Soldiers. Yeah, there's a bounty on his head. Exactly, yes. there's a bounty on his head, and he he. Uh, he uh, falls in love with a Mexican woman who's had similar kinds of horrific experiences and they disappear into the wild, which is this kind of uncharted territory. Um, uh, and that's where he's just, he thinks he's just going to live, you know, live out there alone with his wife in peace. But as our story picks up, uh, you know, peace doesn't come so easy for gunslingers ever. So uh, absolutely, there's a, uh, a mysterious uh, Chinese woman with a magic sword comes searching for the legendary Kingsway Law. She wants his help. She wants his gun. And uh, and his wife ends up disappearing and he's drawn back into this insane, you know, world of violence and uh, and has to decide what he's going to do. You know, complications. Ensue. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. No, good start, man. It was a really good first chapter. I think you know that's the thing. It's it gives you the feel of this is what the environment is. These are the players. Do you want to keep going? I mean, I you know Freddie and I, Vanlanti and I just talked about Weird Detective, oh, and yeah, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, you know, you got to make these first issues count, and I think you guys did. So nice going. Well, thank and you. Absolutely, and I do. I love I love a good western. I love a good steampunk story, and I love when they uh, manage to get together. So you know, like. Give me some of your Western influences. What you know? What what are you a fan of as far as the show? Oh man! Well, you know, I grew up in Texas, and so I watched a lot of them over the years. I mean, High Noon was the first Western that just blew my mind. You know, just Great loved movie. it. When I was growing up, there was a theater called the Granada in Dallas, and it was a, a repertory theater. They would bring in uh, prints of old movies. They'd do these amazing double features, like they'd do a double feature, like an Ingrid Bergman double feature, and they'd show Notorious and Casablanca the same night. You know what I mean? It was that kind of. Theater. Oh, I do. No, yeah. I, this is that pre or. or early VHS world so a lot of the revival theaters in big metropolitan areas were still happening yeah. and and yeah we I mean no I know what you mean I, I remember seeing High Noon for the first time on a big screen yeah, and it was you know yeah it was like the greatest high school entertainment slash slash education I could get yeah. watching movies that way yeah, exactly yeah to see stuff on I mean, it was a big deal seeing stuff like that on the big screen was amazing and then and then I was an undergrad at Yale and when I was at Yale um again this is a million years ago and there were like <laughs> seven or eight film societies student-run film societies that would yep. rent these 16 millimeter prints of classic movies and um 
and show them in like dining halls and stuff and uh, sure. for like two bucks, you know. So I would literally, I mean, some weekends I literally watch six movies. I mean, I just watched so many classic movies over the course of those years. It was a, it was tremendous. And I got to see most of them on the big screen. Um, I'm, tra- I'm trying to remember who directed Heidi. Uh, Fred Zinneman. Nice. Yes. Okay. Because, yes, I mean, obviously, the Gary Cooper and Grace Kelly, yep, yep, yep. And a young Lloyd Bridges. Yes, a young, a very young uh, Lee Van Cleef. Uh, yes. Who, who I love so much. Uh, oh, he's yeah. in there, too. Um, yeah, it's a tremendous movie. Uh, so that, I mean, that was one of the first movies that blew my mind. I mean, as I grew, I mean, first Westerns. Um, I, I, yeah. I watched a lot of those Anthony Mann Westerns as well oh, um, with yes. Jimmy Stewart. Loved, like, Naked Spur. You can spur. Gabe Hardman brought that up yeah, the other no. day when everyone's uh, hashtagging their yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, <laughs> and um, and then uh, and uh, magnificent. I mean, I seven. Oh yeah. seven Samurai is probably my favorite movie of all time. And, totally. and Magnificent Seven. I was very dubious of it at first because I was being a snob. It's like, oh, it's just a... completely understand. But but, go uh, on. but I love it. I mean, like that's it is a tremendous movie. It's like the best remake <laughs> ever. Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, and really for people who like. You know, I get it, especially, and I'm glad you, you laid it out that way. Of course, Kurosawa is is the amazing original, but you know, John Sturges really, really good director, oh, yeah, and, hell yeah. and and Magnificent Seven has its own charm. I am really interested in this remake that's coming yes. up because I'm incredibly dubious about that. Oh, really? Frank, well, I'm, even though it has this amazing cast, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm obviously going to see it because of that cast. I mean, they've got a Korean actor in there. They've got Denzel Washington. True. I mean, it's a very they're doing interesting stuff. Yeah, there no, it's it's a multiracial <laughs> magnificent yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is cool. So that should be cool. So, I mean, magnificent you know, seven, yeah, I mean like the original was I mean like the the Mexican American character was a huge, you know, I mean like he basically played the Toshiro Mufune character. Right. Uh, and, um, you know, and I mean, well, this is another reason why I've loved Westerns over the years, too, is that they uh, I mean, the great Westerns, so many of the great Westerns really grapple with questions of race in America in a very interesting way. You know what I mean? And yes, there's plenty of racist Westerns and there's plenty of racist elements and even great Westerns. But at the same time, Westerns actually confront the idea of racism. Uh, sometimes, Absolutely. you know, the, the good, Absolutely. I mean, the searchers, I, I have such, I mean, the search, yeah. Search. And I've got such mixed feelings about it in a lot of ways because the hero, I mean, but at the same time, it doesn't shy away from the fact that the hero of that movie is a big fat racist. And they really, yeah. they really grapple with that in an inch, you know, it, it, Absolutely. at the same time, like, the movie itself does things which are inadvertently right ra- or not inadvertently right that are racist. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it's, sure. it's, it's very complicated, but, at the, but, but well, he busts. He busts. Um, and it, Captain Pike, uh, uh, the actor Jeffrey Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Hunter is half half white, half yeah, yeah, Indian. Exactly. And he and he is merciless to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Throughout yeah. the movie, while he's searching for right. his niece who was taken from the Indians right. and stuff. And then they, no, it's yeah. a no, it's a very. It, you know, I'm I'm reading uh, Scott Iman's John Wayne biography right now, and I don't agree with John Wayne in any way politically. <laughs> uh, but that said, he's a fascinating man, and the Searchers. It's an incredible film. Yeah, I mean, visually and story and and just every aspect of it is just this incredibly fascinating. I mean, they they the the part of it that leaves the most the the worst taste in my mouth. There's a whole sequence in there where uh, where the Jeffrey Hunter character sort of accidentally gains an Indian wife, uh, and 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 the way I mean, they that sure. character is not treated well at all by the movie. Oh no! It's it, like you said. It's in because of the times. 
it's inadvertently insensitive in, yeah. in a lot of ways that were yeah. intended. I don't even. I wouldn't actually. I wouldn't even call that inadvertently. <laughs> but, but but yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's at the same time like the the movie is. I mean, I I'm I I find that movie and many other westerns very interesting because while they're you know while they're kind of they've they've got really specious stuff in them, they're they're at the same time trying to grapple with these real questions of rate of con racial conflict and racism in America, uh, you know, in, yes. in a way yes. a lot of other, you know, just kind of escapist, uh, genres, genres don't necessarily, uh, do. So, I mean, and this is, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, good Westerns. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, this was the, this was that period in the fifties and really even, even high noon has that, you know, Quaker, do I kill or not kill yeah. question. I mean, they've it. all got, you know, I, yeah. So, and, and then, uh, the other, one of the other Westerns that I just loved when I was a kid, when I first saw it, it blew my mind was little big man. Nice. With, uh, Dustin, Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman, chief Dan George. And... Yes. The hundred year old Indian talking about, no, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 That is chief Dan George, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I focus more on dusty, but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. chief Dan George. I'm gonna look it up to make sure, but you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, I, that the movie, again, you know, uh, really, I mean, that that's the one that really grapples with, uh, uh, with with, uh, you know, racism. Exactly. Uh, oh, totally. And yeah, the way they depict Custer and yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, a '70s movie, very edgy, yeah. but much like good sci-fi, using a western to tell yeah. a very complicated human story. Right, right, right. And that's, no, the genre stuff at its best tell very human yep. stories. And even, yeah, so, I mean, so there's been a million westerns over the years that I've, I mean, those Jimmy Stewart westerns with, uh, with Anthony yeah. Mann are tremendous, yeah. and, uh, and, and all, you know, and then there are other just kind of, I mean, uh, Stagecoach is great, you know. Oh, it's, sure. I mean, uh, I don't even mind the 60s one with Anne-Margaret and Bing. No, Christ. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, these, and so these movies have always stuck with me, but, but it's funny because when we're talking about Kingsway West, it's, so the Westerns absolutely, you know, stuck with me. And that's, that's the whole idea of taking these kinds of stories, but telling it from the perspective of a Chinese guy in the old West, Chinese gunslinger. Sure. That was, that's just an idea that's been with me forever. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm Korean American. I grew up in Texas and, and when I found out about the real history of, Chinese in the old West, it, you know, my head opened up, you know, and it was, it was just sure. amazing, you know, like, and, and so I've had this story in my head for a couple of decades now, or this character in my head, I'll put it that way, because the story has shifted in different ways over the years. But, um, but then the other stuff, you know, on, you know, like the other stuff that has, uh, influenced me a lot as I've thought about this is uh, fantasy, you know, like, uh, Lord of the Rings and all those. Sure. You know, and I realized that the Westerns and the fantasy stuff that I love so much, there, there's a lot of similarities, you know, um, it's outdoor adventure. It's, it's, it's stories of, you know, lawless places, frontier places, uh, fiefdoms. I mean, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, I mean, someone could run a Western town in the same way that a fantasy character can run a kingdom. Yep, certainly. Yep, yep, yep. And, and conflicts between, uh, you know, conflicts between indigenous groups and groups that have, you know, and, and totally. new, newcomers and, you know, I mean, there's just, uh, and also that whole notion of, um, of, uh, of pulling together a, a group, you know, um, or, you know, of disparate people coming together, uh, on some kind of, uh, and some kind of a mission or some kind of a, a suicide squad. <laughs> if but uh you know not I, to leave a bad taste like, in anyone's uh, mouth go on there's that you know that that whole attraction of D, D back in the day i think a big 
Oh yeah. This thing of like putting your crew together, you know? And, uh, and I think that's, that's certainly a big part of the appeal of seven samurai and, uh, and uh, Magnificent Seven and movies like that. I mean, Kingsway West has some of, you know, it, it definitely has some of that as well. It's like, you know, people being pulled together on a, on a mission. And, uh, uh, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, all these things have kind of been rolling around in my head for years and years and years. And, and, uh, and finally, the story has come together in the right way. So hopefully folks dig it. Are you a steampunk fan? I mean, obviously you're writing you this, but it, did you ever think beyond before starting this story? Like you said, you you obviously have because you said you've had this story kind of brewing. But yeah. did you think of it as a steampunk? No, story? I didn't actually think of it. You know, I mean, I, I totally see that, particularly given the the last image in the, in this particular issue, which exactly. won't, uh, which we won't reveal in in detail. But no, no. but yeah, there's definitely some elements of that here. Um, that's not. I didn't actually set out to. Uh, do uh, to sort of do a steampunk kind of thing. Um, I really started with the idea of magic and fantasy, but but then we've got you know basically, without getting too deep into spoilers here, you've got folks using this red gold, which is the source of magic in uh, in machinery. You know, like using it to power technology, and so that kind of leads to this sort of nineteenth century, you know, crazy machinery. <laughs> so. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I with that, you know, I, I, I didn't um, like that wasn't purposeful, but it was just where the story went. So it makes sense that uh, to hear that, even though yeah, yeah, it's not the way I've been describing or thinking about it, but it totally makes sense. Yeah, no, I think, I, and again, I think that's cool. That only opens up more possibilities, oh, yeah, yeah, you cool. know, from a story standpoint too. Yep. So no, I, I, I am, I'm a sucker for these kinds of stories, and also, um, like you said, I mean, it's, um, it's a chance to play in the western genre and get more different people involved in it and different races and creeds involved that would be plausible given the geography of it. And that, and I think it's, that's kind of cool. I think it, there's, there's a good opportunity there. Cause I just saw a, um, a steampunk documentary and they talked a lot about English colonialism, uh, you know, as far as the realities of it. And then yet there were these various people of color playing with steampunk uh, stories and saying, you know, it, like, they just kind of even just said from an, you know, just for their own standpoint, how they were a little conflicted about doing it. But ultimately, they like telling these stories and um, they, they find a way of, you know, work from a political standpoint that people of color aren't just natives and they're not just, you know, workers yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. You know, that they they have their own stories and, and can be heroes as well and villains and, again, just kind of open things up kind of in the way I think uh, Alan Moore did with uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, frankly. Yeah, it's... Uh... You know, like the the in every era, in every every culture, and every 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 uh, every era in history, things. I mean, diversity has been the standard. You know what I mean? And we don't necessarily sure. see it that way, but it's yeah. You know, I mean, the, the the stories that that we tend to get uh, uh, tend to overlook that, but there have always there's always been massive diversity everywhere, particularly in America. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think these you know these these. Uh, these stories make a lot of sense, and it's it's fun to, to be able to do it and get it out there. That's awesome, man. No, very cool. Are you uh, five issue arcs? What are you looking at? Well, this is actually it's so we're we've got this is a four issue mini right now. Uh, okay. And if it does well, uh, and knock on wood, it's it seems to be doing well so far. Uh, if it does well enough, we'll we'll hopefully get another get a sequel going and just keep doing a uh, you know keep it going. Um, that's I've you know this world has been so fun to 
to set up and these characters are so much fun to write. I'm really hoping we can uh, we can do more than just these four issues. We've got a, we've got a hell of a story lined up with the four issues. I've written them all, uh, and uh, the first two are completely drawn, and uh, and we're uh, uh, you know the, the, I'm it's going to be a very satisfying four issue story i think but um but man there's room to do so much more so uh so uh, if you dig it i hope you uh spread the word and uh to whoever's listening i whoever is listening i hope you you check it out and uh and and uh if if everybody buys enough we'll be able to keep going did you run a kickstarter or whatever for this no. last year or was there like or were, was it supposed to maybe come out last year and, and uh dark horse pushed it further on the schedule? well we uh, uh yes it was supposed to come out in november of last year and that's what I thought. Go on. Yeah, and uh, so um, uh, Miracle actually injured his his arm, uh, and so we were delayed there. And then, oh wow! And then I found myself, uh, I you know just because at the time I started looking at this the, that first issue again, I started picking at it, and I, and I realized I wasn't setting things up as well as I could. You know what I mean? Okay. I was. Uh, I um, I had rushed some some scenes and rushed some, uh, and, and there was, I, I just, I, I just wasn't, um, it, it, I felt like w- w- that I could have done better in writing that first issue. And, uh, and, uh, so we took the time and, um, and I, and I rewrote and, uh, and we, and, and then we got back on track and got it all together. And, uh, and I'm so glad we did it. I mean, it was, it was a really hard, thing to do and uh, I'm just incredibly grateful to the folks at Dark Horse for putting up with it <laughs> because uh, yeah I mean it threw off the schedule and it's uh, you know and uh, and um, you know you don't want to do that once you've announced something but but we wanted to put our best foot forward and uh, and it, kind sure. of as we've been you know as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast like that first issue really wants to be everything it can be and uh, and I wanted to take a little more time and get into my main character's head a little bit better uh, from okay. the beginning and um and set up the world in a little bit more of a interesting way and uh knock on wood i think we did it um uh and uh and then and then eventually when we uh when we come up with the trade we'll have some some kind of cool alternate material to show so folks can kind of see what the, how it was originally supposed to open and, and decide for themselves if we did the right thing <laughs> now what is what is Kingsway's uh, partner's name? Not her, not his wife, obviously, right, right, right. but uh, the other Chinese. So the woman. woman who comes to get him, her name is Atoy, um, which is actually a name from from actual American history. There was a there was a kind of a, a famous Chinese woman in the Old West named Atoy. So I kind of cribbed that oh, wow. little homage there. Um, but yeah, so she's uh, she's she's we don't reveal exactly why she's come, but she's got a mission for him, uh, and uh, we'll learn more and- about it in the next issue. And possesses a little bit of the red gold in that yes. and that kind of can show that she has some sort of command over this small piece of red gold that allows her a bit of magic with her sword and, and her powers. Exactly. They they meet in the in the wilderness or well not wilderness, I don't know what you would call I guess the desert, yeah, yeah. I guess the western desert and everything. And yeah, it's you know, it's your classic kind of Anthony Mann or like I said, John Ford kind of, you know. The, the two, the two uh, you know, again, she's kind of searching for him and stuff. But, yeah, you know, that they kind of meet in that in that usual classic Western. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the, yeah, it's the it's the classic thing of the old gunslinger who who's just, just trying to live in peace. And then some young crazy person comes and 
wants to drag them back into this, you know, into this this world of conflict. And uh, he doesn't want to go, but um, but now his wife has disappeared, and so he's got to find her. Uh, yeah, outside of like you know, and again, I'm thinking old old fashioned classic westerns where it's rare when a woman really gets to play this kind of role. That that does make it distinct, and obviously that's in your mind, as opposed to if it were Rod, Rod, you know Robert Mitchum looking for John Wayne or, <laughs> or whatever. You know, now we got maybe uh, I'm, you know maybe Angie Dickinson from Rio Bravo looking for uh, looking for John <laughs> Wayne or something. Yeah. If feathers if feathers had a gun. Yeah, I mean there there've been a yeah exactly. <laughs> there have been a few classic examples, I guess, with uh, with with women playing those those kinds of key roles. Well, I mean True Grit is probably the the. Yeah, and I was thinking about True Grit, but she's she's really a kid, yeah, 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 and maybe yeah. maybe Autoy is as well. But I, I mean, that's the thing. Like, yeah, she's a kid, or you know, you got Rooster Cobburn and you got Catherine Hepburn. I need your help, you know. <laughs> and it's like, all right, fine, old lady, hold on a minute, I'll help you. Or uh, uh, what's her, Laura Bacall in uh, The Shooters? For God's sake. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, no, I mean, I you know, like we in all of these with all of these opportunities, I'm you know, I'm jumping on the chance to do things and kind of a, you know, to shake things up a bit and to, sure. uh, to, uh, but you know, it's funny. I, I didn't really think about it. I didn't really think about it. It was just like, this was the way the story kind of came together in my head. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't necessarily okay. like, I'm going to do like I, the right thing. And I'm going to make sure this is as balanced racially well, and sexually. And I mean, there's, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I, I definitely do think about those things. Uh, you know, it's yeah, very important to me, but at the same time, it's organic, you know what I mean. Like this, this story came together the way it came together. I think, you know, just thematically, though, it, for whatever reason, those that, that's the way the characters always wanted to be in my head. Um, cool. And uh, you know, so it and it seems, you know, so far, knock on wood, so far it seems to be working. So I hope. Uh, <laughs> hey man, no, I like, I truly, I like it. I'm not, you know, I'm not the knuckle dragger I may sound like, but no, honestly, and I do think it makes it different. Yeah. Just in the same way that, like, you know, with. Uh, with Greg Rucka doing Stumptown and, you know, you've got a female detective, you know, pretty much doing a Rockford sort of detective spin, but it's a woman. So it is different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, uh, I, I, yeah, I think there's like a, there are, yeah, there's, there's nuances that can come to play and just different ways things can get expressed when you mix things up. And, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's always fun. Um, that's cool. So, but yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, you know, I got to tell you, and I also for, for listeners, I, I really and and I, shame on me and maybe it has actually just improved in the last few years, but I am watching more encore western oh, cool. than I ever have, and I don't know. And again, probably because I'm reading this John Wayne biography, but um, God, it's just a pleasure. I mean, because that's the thing, like you said, big Anthony Mann fan, big Jimmy Stewart western fan, Winchester '73, Naked Spur, you name it. But now I'm even finding like you know Dean Martin made a lot of westerns. I'm gonna start checking more of them out beyond Rio Bravo. Oh. And, and you know, there's good ones and not so much yeah. good ones, but they're really interesting. Even the crappy ones. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'm um, I, I tend to, <laughs> I, I I I tend to watch. I, I'm a sucker for genre in general. You know what I mean? Like just just movies that you know, genre movies. I think are there. I, I I always find them interesting, even if they're terrible sometimes, just because of to see how they're playing with those genre elements and where they're going and what they're what they're doing. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And and. You know the Western genre. Folks have done so many different kinds. There have been musicals. There have been Western musicals. There have been paint your wagon. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. I mean, you know, like <laughs> folks, you, you can do anything with it. And uh, absolutely, Capello is a better example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> paint your wagon. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. And I mean, you know, it's funny because we're at we're really still. I mean, I guess we're 15 years in 
to the modern comic book movie era, or maybe even really Iron Man, because I think the Sam Raimi Spider-Man uh, is very different from what you know has been happening since Marvel has really taken over their own movies. And it's so funny because people are like, you know, well, we might be done. You know, I mean, look how Westerns went away. And I'm like, yeah, Westerns went away literally after 70 years. <laughs> yeah. So just relax. I mean, that's the thing, because they said so much from the silent era to 1980. And in, in the meantime, in the late 50s and early 60s, there were almost like 100 Westerns on primetime TV. Every network had dozens of Westerns. It was crazy. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because... I mean, and this is just something I've only thought about recently, but like Westerns haven't really gone away. I mean, like the, the themes oh. of Westerns, like the, <laughs> the, you know, this, this, the, the, uh, one of the big constant themes in Westerns is this notion of a lawless environment where a person who is trained in violence, uh, like the community needs somebody who's trained in violence to come and use violence in order to protect the community. But once peace has been made, then there's no room in the community for that violent person. You know what I mean? Like that's the class, that's shame. You know what I mean? Like that's the, classic, yes. that's the classic Western. But those themes have played out in police shows, in gangster movies. You know what I mean? Like that, that whole, you know, John McClane is a, that he's a, he's, he's, he could be, that, that's a, that's a character that was born in Westerns. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh well, yeah, and literally, you know, uh, what's his, Alan Rickman is calling him Roy Rogers well, yeah, or exactly, whatever. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, that, <laughs> totally, you're totally right. I mean, so, so like those kinds of elements have just moved into different genres, but working sure. on King... uh, Sean Connery as uh, Zardoz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, you know, and working on Kingsway West, that's exactly, I mean, I, I really kind of saw that because, you know, like I thought we, I was doing something really special when we, I, I, Jim Gibbons, my editor at um, Dark Horse, when I first started on the book, was like, I love this story. Is there something more we can bring to it to kind of, to make it pop a little more? And and I, you know, and I thought and I thought about it and I was like, well, what if we, what if we did, what if we bring in these fantasy elements? What if we make, you know, bring in this magical world? And he was like, I love it. Um, and the more I thought about it, the more it made sense to me because, you know, like I looked at all these fantasy movies that I love so much and, and, and stories, you know, the Lord of the Rings and the, 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 the Lloyd Alexander books um, and, uh, and, and the Miyazaki movies. And those are all outdoor adventure. You know what I mean? They, and sure. they, they are, I mean, it's just another, I mean, they're very similar to Westerns. You got people oh, no. riding horses or antelopes as the case may be. And, and, uh, and, um, and, and and you've got these kind of you know these these loner figures. I mean, Aragorn in Lord of the Rings is, I mean, he's a classic gunslinger. You know what I mean? He's. he's I understand. And so so there are, um, I mean, there's a way in which those Western elements just kind of shifted into different genres, uh, but they're always you know I I mean and and um, I don't know. I mean, there there've been people talk about this in all kinds of different ways. Do people talk about the fact that the United States has become so much more urban? You know, Texas. Uh, which is sort of the most quintessentially Western of all the states, speaking as a Texan, um, you know, in, in the in the imagination of the public, is actually more urban than rural now. You know, um, uh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, you know, I mean, that's just a trend. That's been an ongoing trend in the United States for years, and so fewer and fewer people have that kind of classic outdoor American childhood that 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 you know, you would kind of think would engender a love of Westerns. You know what I mean? F fewer, sure. fewer people have 
spend a night out under the stars like a Western hero. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, so so there's less of that kind of real direct connection to those experiences. At the same time, people are totally in love with Lord of the Rings and these other kinds of movies. It's like, I don't think that the Westerns as a genre is at all dead. In fact, they talk about the fact that the, uh, and I heard this, I don't know if this is true, but somebody told me that Western books is are that that's one of the few genres in in publishing that's growing uh, oh that's great to which hear. is that's cool. which is interesting you know i didn't like i say I, I somebody told me that i don't know if that's actually here i am spreading a rumor i don't even know if it's true. well i remember um and it's one of my favorite stories of the last 10 years but a bunch of the old first comics creators being together on a panel and tim truman wasn't there but they were talking about him and this was in the early 2000s and tim was trying to get one of the big publishers to do a Western comic that he drew and wrote. Oh, yeah. And and there was no interest. And he self-published and advertised in cowboy uh, magazines and ended up self-publishing. And this is well before, you know, the current trend and everything right. and made good money and because he went directly to that reading Western audience. And they're like, yes, we would love to read your illustrated Western. <laughs> yeah. That sounds lovely, yeah, sir. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's how he presented it as, you know, a graphic novel, but like an illustrated Western. Yeah. And they loved it. Yeah. And then, yeah, well, sure, because Tim knows what he's doing. I mean, he knows how to draw and write a good yeah. Western. Uh, so, yeah. so, no, that's that's fantastic. I mean, it's like anything, you know, like the, uh, all, you know, the there are, um, you know, Hollywood, loves, you know, likes to get scared of things and likes to embrace things. And there, you know, there there will be a point when. Hollywood embraces Westerns again once there's a, a couple more, you know, a couple hits. Yeah, well, they're coming out. I mean, and, and they're doing, God, they're, uh, did you see Bone Tomahawk? No, uh, the, no, I haven't. I haven't seen that. Uh, that I haven't seen you know, Russell, amazing movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, so we've just, you know, just in the last year, we've had Bone Tomahawk and Hateful Eight, you know. Hateful Eight, yeah, and we're going to get Magnificent Seven. Do you know, all right, here's a guilty pleasure, and it's a TV movie, and it is crap, but it's totally... The Star Wars story as a Western, and it's called Legend of the Golden Gun. Oh, no, I've never heard of it. And Hal Holbrook plays <laughs> an old gunslinger that teaches this young kid. And it's real. I mean, he is like the only name, I think, in the in this TV movie. But he plays like the Obi-Wan role. And there's a golden gun that's basically like a lightsaber and stuff. And um, there's a little bit of kind of uh, intuition that that can be, you know, disguised as the force in a, you know, in, in a pure Star Wars movie. But yeah, clearly... You know, the TV movie. And I even remember the ads for it as a kid and them basically winking and going, it's a story you might be familiar with. That's hilarious. You know, and it, and it really did. Like all the broad strokes are clearly the Star Wars, you know, the first movie. That's really funny. Now, well, and it's great. I will, it's great. I will have to check that out. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up on IMDb even as we speak. And it's cheese. I admit it. It is sell, It is movie of the week, 70s hey, cheese. Hey, it's got Carl Franklin in it. That's a big story. Oh, shame on me. All right. there. <laughs> exactly. Wow, this is pretty interesting. All right, I'll check. It. See, and I mean, it's one of, and it used to be on like uh, when at conventions when they they'd have the bootleg VHS uh, section or DVD section. You can usually find it there and stuff. But I don't know. Is it on DVD? Uh, I don't know. I'm. Uh, I can't. IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm checking it out here. It's only got a five point eight on IMDb, but you know what? There you go. Oh no, like I said, it's cheese. Yeah. But if it's fun. If you if you watch it from that th- that point of view yeah. that you're watching a western Star well, Wars, yeah. it's kind well, of fun. it's it's listed under genres fantasy and western, much like Kingsway West. So maybe I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. There you go. 
Very cool, man. No, that's great. And uh, when does it when does it come out next? Yeah, month? Well, no, it comes out on August twenty fourth. Uh, oh, awesome. Yeah, okay, it's good. Just around the corner here. I don't. I, I, well, I'm. I, I, I don't know whether it's going to be around the corner by the time this airs. Maybe it will. Oh, no, no, no. Well, I'll make sure that it gets out before next one. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So it comes out on August 24th. I'm doing a little uh, signing tour on the East Coast. I'm going to be at uh, Fourth World Comics in Long Island on the 24th, and then Midtown Comics downtown in New York City on the 25th. And then on the 27th and 28th, I'm going to uh, – uh, where am I going? I'm going to, to uh, Wilmington and um, – Philadelphia and uh, DC and Annapolis. Uh, oh wow! Oh, yeah, you can get the full sked at gregpock.com. Excellent. I'm surprised Franco and uh, and Mark haven't hit you up for all your comics in uh, Harris. Oh yeah, I did sign for them a while back. Uh, so, but hopefully I'll get back up there soon. They, they, okay, good. Yeah, but maybe for the trade or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So excellent. No, that's great, man. Uh, congratulations, and I and I think it's terrific. Well, thank you. So now let's talk about the totally awesome. Yeah, home. man. <laughs> Shit's going down. Oh, yeah, definitely. Aw, oh, you know, you, you, you give us a moment of happiness, and Bruce has the gamma out of his system, and then badass Hawkeye's got to kill him? What the hell's going on, man? That's, 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 uh, that's event comics, baby. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the, the, so the, the latest news, uh, spoiler alert, um, in, the pages of, in the pages of Civil War II, uh, Bruce Banner has, yeah, Bruce Banner has been killed. Um, Hawkeye... Well, I won't go into all the details, but uh, he was suspected of, uh, of uh, uh, there was a prophecy that he was going to kill everybody. And uh, they thought he was turning back into the Hulk and that this thing might start up again. And, uh, and Hawkeye took him out. So in the pages of Totally Awesome Hulk, which is the book I'm writing, um, uh, Amadeus Cho, who is the new Hulk and who cured Bruce Banner of being the Hulk, uh, is not happy uh, at all about <laughs> Needless to yes, say. Yes, exactly. So... Um, in uh, issue number nine, which just came out, he uh, 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 the uh, Captain Marvel comes to to uh, to check up on him. Uh, you know, hey, hey buddy, how you doing? That... Sorry, we killed your uh, your best right. friend. She's, she's <laughs> your mentor. She's backed up by a bunch of Shield agents and superheroes, and he's not happy to see her. And um, uh, but basically, he goes on the run, and uh, and they they are scared that he's going to go hunt down. Uh, Clint Barton, uh, Hawkeye, and uh, and they have no idea what he's going to do. He's you know he's nineteen years old. He's he's uh, where is he on the smartest uh, person in the Marvel Universe chart? Because he I know he has a number. I think he just got bumped down to nine actually because oh! uh, yes because because uh, Lunella has taken the number one spot. Okay. Um, uh, so, but yeah, that 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 uh, that's a storyline that it's. I, I love this kind of stuff. It's, it's always. So oh, to, um, please, man! It's like Mister Mister Terrific in the DC universe is the third smartest man in the DC universe, <laughs> right behind Lex Luthor and Bruce Wayne. Yes, um, but uh, but yeah, in uh, in uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, the, there's a, a, a great storyline right now where Lunella, Lunella Lafayette, who is the heroine of that story, is uh, has been revealed as the smartest person in the Marvel universe. Um, but um, but meanwhile, so Amadeus is uh, you know he's 19. He's dealing with the death of his best friend, and he's he doesn't know what the heck he's going to do. And uh, and 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 but uh, folks, you know, they think he's tracking down Clint Barton. Um, and so the big twist at the end of the cliffhanger at the end of issue nine is the reveal that T'Challa, the Black Panther, is the guy who's going to follow Amadeus and track him down. So it's uh, that should be an interesting combination. Exactly. Yeah, this is this has got to be fun having a different Hulk 
meet a lot of these and, and come up against a lot of these heroes. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's a, it's a ton of fun. Also, because this is a Hulk who, you know, this is a kid who is in control of his transformations and who uh, remains smart or, you know, as smart as uh, he allows himself to be when he's the Hulk. Uh, you know, based on whether or not he's controlling himself, you know, like his uh, <clears throat> he's he uh, this isn't a, a dumb Hulk. Uh, this, right. uh, you know, this is Amadeus as the Hulk. And um, and so it, he becomes a more formidable, formidable threat. And uh, but it's very, you know, T'Challa is one of the few people in the Marvel Universe who's smart enough to take on Amadeus as Amadeus and who has uh, the know-how to marshal the kind of uh, hardware and software you need to take on the Hulk. Um, so it's, it's a pretty, it's going to be a, a fun showdown. I've been talking some with Ta-Nehisi Coates about it and he's, he's been great and really supportive and it's uh, it's a fun story. So I hope you, so it will bleed into his book as well. No, 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 no. It won't, uh, it won't, uh, uh, the, 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 yeah. And it's not a crossover story, but, okay. but you know, I just okay. wanted to make sure I'm, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, you're consistent with the way he's writing. Exactly. About everything. Exactly. I'm hip. Yeah, no, that's cool. And also, of course, Jennifer's in the, in your book as well. Yes. She yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, she will show up in, um, the fallen book, which actually comes out tomorrow. Uh, so by the time this podcast comes out, it will have come out the previous Wednesday. Uh, so that comes out on the 17th. Uh, the fallen is the, uh, the, the, uh, it's a big oversized book. I think it's 30 pages and it's about, uh, how everybody in the Marvel Universe reacts to the death of Bruce Banner, with particular emphasis on uh, the Hulk family. So if you want, if you're, if you want to find out more about what's going on with Jen, that's that's what you, you need to check that out for sure. And are you? Did you write that story yes. or did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was thrilled. They they called me up and they're like, well, you know. So I mean, I I love Banner. You know what I mean? Like I wrote. I you know uh, that you're a, you're one of the best Hulk writers uh, ever, dude. Absolutely, I, man. I appreciate that. But um, I I swear to God, one of my best friends. I was talking to him on uh, on the phone right before uh, I was trying to boot up my uh, my 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 laptop. He's like, who are you talking to tonight? I'm like Rick Pock. He's like, I love Planet Hulk. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, and I, so I, I wrote, you know, I wrote Banner stories or Banner related stories for five and a half years, I think, at Marvel, and uh, so it was very. I, I was really thrilled that they they I got the tap to write that book and uh put a lot of heart into it um and uh and, and I hope it I hope it resonates um it's got one of my actually one of the one of the favorite scenes I've ever written with Banner in it so uh so I hope you guys uh hope you guys get a kick out of it honestly I think every, because there's there's the part and I understand because I'm you know old enough that I've been reading these books for so long I know everyone rolls their eyes when they kill characters. And all I can say is, instead of like rolling your eyes, give you guys, the writers and the artists, the opportunity to tell some really special stories. Because I look back at when Hickman had the opportunity to, you know, have Johnny, Johnny Storm die. Right. And yeah, we all knew in the back of our heads, okay, Johnny's eventually going to come back. That's fine. But he wrote some really, really touching stories in Fantastic Four. And I'm glad you're getting this opportunity with reactions to Banner's death. I mean, we got it with the death of Captain America. And again, you got to treat it like a soap opera and say, okay, you know, for maybe a few years. I mean, Professor X is still dead. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know. I mean, there are guys that are there are guys and women that are dead. And again, it's like give these heroes respect their reality, because as far as they know, these people are dead and aren't coming aren't ever, ever coming back. Yeah, you know, I mean, everything. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, if we, if, if, for all of us who have read comics, you know that everything is subject to change. And sure. uh, 
Um, but, you know, and, and at the same time, there's this kind of sense of, you know, I, I, and I totally understand, you know, for, for readers who, you know, they want to, they want stories that matter, you know, in terms of the shared universe and everything. Uh, uh, and, uh, but, um, you know, it, uh, it, it, there's, a. For me personally, as I read these stories, it's like I, I just want to be moved. You know what I mean? Like I want to, yes, I want to, yes. I want to feel something. And uh, I don't. I, I'm not. I mean, I as a writer, I definitely work within continuity, and I strive to make that continuity work. And I understand the importance of it. As a reader, I just want to be moved. You know what I mean? Like I just. Uh, yeah. And and so um, so I hope that the stories work on that emotional level. You know. So that's that's just what I'm trying to do. I hear you, man. No, I'm look. I well, as much as you can look forward to a funeral. I, I'm, <laughs> I'll be reading The Fallen. That's that's terrific, and I'm glad to hear that. And uh, yeah, I just like I said, I, I just think there's there's an opportunity for great storytelling, and you can be jaded and uh, and be like, no, I don't care. It's going to come back in six months. Well, fine. You know, that's your choice. But you might actually miss a very interesting emotional uh, story moment that resonates. And yeah, I think I I think the opportunity is there. Well, thank you, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Excellent. Very, very cool. What else is on your plate these days? I, we should go back to all right. So there's, there's uh, everybody spells knows how to spell poop. Oh yeah, right. Is, is your was your one kid right. book? What was it called again? It's called ABC disgusting, and it's a, ABC disgusting, a, an alphabet book about disgusting things. So <laughs> yes, uh, and that was a successful Kickstarter. Yeah, it was right? a lot of fun. And Tak Miyazawa drew it. Tak also drew. Yes, the princess who saved herself, which was the other kids' book that I did earlier, based on John. Yes, Holden. that's the one I was saying. Yeah, the princess that knows how to spell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and both of those books were total blast. And and uh, if you want them, go to Greg Pak Shop. G R E G P A K S H O P. You can you can buy them up there. I've been selling them at cons, and uh, and they they kind of sell themselves. It's sort of awesome, you know, like folks will just walk up and you know they'll see a kid picking his nose on the cover of one they'll see a, a princess rocking out on electric a tomboy princess rocking out on an electric guitar on the other and they're like let me let me see what these are all about um that's cool and are you self-publishing or did you did you cut book deals with uh, uh those are those those are both self-published they're they're both out under pacman productions which is my little my little company but um well, we may have something to announce at at some point in the near future regarding that boy uh, there you go that's as much as i can say about that right now no, I'm I'm proud of you for diversifying. Oh, yeah. I think that's seriously. I think that's great, and I I am uh, I'm pleased that a lot of you guys are are having success in uh, both the young adult and 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 children's books as well. I think that's really great. Oh yeah, it's uh, you know I mean it makes sense. You know we're we're thinking about these comic book stories and you know and and uh, storytelling through pictures and uh, you know there's there's. Um, there's a lot of uh, synergy between, you know, doing kids' picture books and comics, I think. Or I, I don't know if synergy is the right word, but there's a – it made sense to me to move from one to the other. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I think – again, yeah, I think I think kids like adventure stories and um, they may not like comics, but but again, a good writer, that's terrific. Yeah. You know, write a, write, write a novel. Exactly. Why don't yeah, you? I know. Well, I'm, 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 <laughs> believe me, I'm thinking about it or I'm working on it. But uh, Excellent. But then the other thing I got going on is I, I'm doing a book for Boom. Um, it is uh, – Tell me about your Boom book. Yes, uh, they called me up, my friends at Boom, and actually they sent me an email, and I just I couldn't say no because they said, uh, "How would you like to do a book uh, that's a team up book between the Kurt Russell characters from <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from New York?" I didn't realize you're writing this. That's I, fantastic. Yeah. I've heard about so, this project. Go on. So it's it's called, it's Big Trouble in Little China slash Escape from New York. That's the name of the book, <laughs> and it's uh, and it's the 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 kind of 
big talking lunkhead uh, truck driver uh, character, Jack Burton. Jack Russell? Jack Burton. Jack Burton. Jack Burton, that's, that's right. From, uh, Jack Russell, of course, Werewolf by Night. Yes, Go exactly. On. Uh, from Big Trouble in Little China, meets up with uh, de- deadly <laughs> war hero turned criminal snake Pliskin from his monosyllabic snake. Exactly, snake one-eyed <laughs> snake. And uh, <laughs> and it's just, it's a total blast. You know what I mean? It's just so much fun. I'm, I'm just, it's it's ridiculously fun, so... Two great, two amazingly great uh, stories. The Carpenter stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I got to talk with John Carpenter. You know, really? Yes, yes. Is he vetting like your story yeah, and everything? Yeah, yeah. Kind so, of. So they sent over the outline, you know, wow. and all that. And he, he, he's. I mean, the report I got back was that he loves it. He thinks it's a great idea for a comic, and uh, and and so I got to talk to him, and he basically just said, "Go for it, you know, have fun." Uh, and, That's great. And then I got to pick his brain a little bit about Snake, you know, <laughs> Snake and. Well, yeah, where else do you go? I mean, you've got the two movies and, and that's it. And got it in Jack Burton's case, you got the one movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's been, yeah, it's 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 a total kick. And those characters are, I mean, it's it's that kind of ridiculous idea, which is just ridiculously fun. And then once you start to dig into it a little bit, it gets really emotionally fun. I mean, it's it's deep, you know what I mean? Because those those two characters are I mean, they're they're kind of similar in a lot of ways, but then they 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 come at things from a very different angle and uh totally. and they they provide just i mean you put them in a room together and they're just they they, they give you so much so i it's just been a, a huge amount of fun so well there's got to be some sort of time travel yes well, yeah, well. Uh, yeah the premise is that um without spoiling too much but the premise is that uh jack burton while trucking down the street uh trucking down the highway gets transported to snake pliskin's world and it's uh okay. and it's a uh, it's a post-disaster hellhole where uh where uh, armored um, armored marauders fight each other on uh, the broken highways of America, and uh, and Jack's in the middle. All he's a trucker, so you know he can drive. Whether or not he can survive remains to be seen. But um, but uh, but uh, and and well and of course as soon as he gets there, people mistake him for Snake Plissken. So uh, hilarity and yes, exactly. <laughs> Is Adrian Barbeau? Ernest Borgnine or Isaac Hayes in the in the in the story. I can't reveal yet, um, <laughs> but uh, but there will be there will be other characters from the movies uh, in the in the in the story definitely, along with some new characters that we're creating who are a lot of fun. Excellent. <laughs> All right, that's when does that start? Because I know I've I've been hearing about yeah, it. Has yeah, it already? Started? I don't know. Yeah, well, I've, I've been uh, I've written I've turned in two uh, two scripts so far. The first one's being drawn by the great Daniel Bayless, who's awesome. Very um, cool. Uh, and did they just announce it in, in right before San Diego or what? Yeah, it was fairly recent. Yeah, I think they announced. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think they announced it just before uh, San Diego, um, and um, it will. Uh, I think the first issue comes out in October. I'm not positive. Okay. So, um but it's how many how many issues uh six okay wow yeah so it's it's fun it's fun yeah i've uh written two i'm about halfway through the third and uh it's it's uh it's like butter it's just you know like sometimes you know sometimes the scripts are hard sometimes they come pretty easily these are these are these are flowing pretty nicely um and yeah the folks at boom are just a total i mean they're they're so much fun and uh they've been giving, giving me great notes and great suggestions and we're we're uh laughing a lot in these emails just because the, the the whole thing's so ridiculous but uh oh yeah god i remember when crossgen had uh the license for two seconds oh and uh in fact uh one of my favorite original art sketches that i have framed tone rodriguez did a snake uh, Pliskin oh, cool. profile for me 
And it's great because I, you know, for, like friends that aren't into comics will come over and they don't recognize half the heroes on my wall. But then they'll look over and go, is that Snake Plissken? <laughs> yes, it is. I thought he was dead. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. How many times is that in your mini series? Uh, it's actually, I don't, I haven't used it yet. I don't think I've that yet. I'm, I, you know, it'll make its way in there eventually, but. Uh... That's awesome. So, but yeah, so, you know, I'm, I'm, that's cool, man. No, and, and I know they've had the, I know they've had the license for a while and I know uh, good writers have uh, already uh, written other uh, Snake Plissken and also Escape from, or, uh, and also Big, tr- big Trouble yeah, in Little yeah, yeah, comics and stuff. So it's great that the, the team up is finally happening. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. I mean, it's, um, it, it's funny. Sometimes, like, you just can't say no. <laughs> you I understand. Say no, so I, I'm thrilled to be working. That's really cool. Are there other Kurt Russell performances that you can pull from? Oh, you know, I wish because, but I, I don't think rights wise we can do it. You know? Well, but even just in the in your head, as far as thematic, I mean, you know, just because I mean, there's been different shades, obviously, in each role. But you know, he really has kind of carved a almost John Wayne sort of oh, yeah. like persona that you can kind of find some consistency through some a lot of his movies. Well, yeah, I mean, stuff. I think in uh, in uh, you know, he's he definitely was homaging uh john wayne in uh in yeah, trouble. Trouble. Hell, he's, doing, he's doing yeah he's doing his voice <laughs> yeah, so. i mean it's 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 pretty it's pretty awesome i love that yeah both of those movies man the, i mean escape from la is fun but you know new york just because it was made with no tongue in cheek beyond the like i'm sure well, i'm sure carpenter was having fun with it but you know what I mean. It was played a little more. Well, yeah, I mean, but that's, versus half action movie, half comedy, the way L.A. Yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, Escape from L.A. definitely is more winky. Um, but uh, but oh yeah, so he's he's basically channeling. I realize this. He's basically channeling Wayne for uh, for Big Trouble and uh, Clint Eastwood for uh, Escape, uh, which I think is awesome. You're right. What's that? That's interesting. I never I never really did put the Eastwood thing on Snake, but you're 100 percent right. <laughs> that's really interesting. Call me Snake. I you know. Boy, it's too bad because now I, I'm thinking of even more Carpenter and stuff, and you got to like work in a they live kind of vibe or something like that. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh man, yeah, Carpenter's. I mean, he's got a tremendous, tremendous. Uh, yeah, totally. Over. You know, it's funny oh. because this whole um, seven fave films thing has been floating around on Twitter the last week or so, and uh, yes, yes. and I, I just noticed that there are a bunch of comics people who keep listing the thing, uh, Carpenter's the thing on their. On Which their thing. yeah, wow. Which I love. I mean, yeah, I mean, I. I didn't actually put that on mine, but I'd love that movie. You know what I mean? And uh, we got to got to bring up our list so uh, people can share and stuff. So uh, <laughs> while we're talking, I'm going to look up my uh, my list, and I want you to do the same. Oh, but go on. Yeah, I think I had. Uh, well, I had a, I had a I had a serious one. And I had a joke one. My joke one was uh, Seven Samurai and uh, Seven Brides for Seven. Uh, well, sure, all the seven. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, but I, I think on my real seven. on my real one, I had. Um, well, I had Seven Samurai. I had uh, Casablanca, Night at the Opera. Um, what else did I have? Oh, I had um, uh, uh, Sunset Boulevard and Some Like It Hot. Love them. It's going. And uh, and then I, I had a tie uh, with Aliens, Jaws, and Blade Runner. <laughs> I couldn't pick one. That's hilarious. All right, I'm trying to find my two lists because then I also did oh. uh, seven TV shows today. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I also had Princess Mononoke on there. Oh, nice. Very good. <laughs> I've got my friends list. My buddy Donnie Lenza had The Godfather, High Noon, Raging Bull, Blazing Saddle, Shane, Champion, and True Grit. Oh, wow. You, you, look at you. You got two Westerns on there. That was, uh, yeah, that's my buddies. Now, oh, mine, that's, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, that was my buddies list. No, we're, okay, so here we go. 
Now I did two lists because I, I don't care. Yeah. There, there are no rules. Yeah. And I, so I have my first seven were North by Northwest, uh-huh. Diner, The In-Laws, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, uh, The Taking of Pelham 123, My Favorite Year, and Mr. Roberts. Oh, my Favorite Year. Love that movie. Yeah, I I think about that movie a lot, actually. Um, I, I love Peter O'Toole. Uh, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's... Uh, I get that whole... That, that there's a whole genre of like crazy person takes you know young, crazy older person takes younger person on crazy adventure you know like my favorite year is over the greek uh there's there's at least a few others like i got another one like that and that's on my second list i got the apartment oh. the last hurrah oh. which is the john ford spencer tracy movie oh. that i just oh, that's adore the about politics one right it's yeah like... i was gonna say machine politics where he's the mayor of basically boston i should see that i don't think i've ever seen that it's 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 a great movie. I love it. It it has a it kind of it, it falls a little bit apart. The 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 person who plays uh, Spencer Tracy's son is kind of an odd fit in the movie, but that's okay. Um, so let's see. Apartment Last Hurrah, The Rat Pack, Ocean's Eleven, purely for the the kitsch, but I love that movie. Oh. And also got to meet uh, George Clayton Johnson, the uh, wonderful uh, genre writer who. Among his things, he wrote the original story that became Ocean's Eleven. Wow. He he wrote the first Star Trek. Uh, episode that aired the man trap oh, wow. and he wrote kick the can and a game of pool for twilight zone and he co-wrote logan's run oh wow yeah this guy was a rock star and it's he he passed away uh in 2015 and this year at san diego they had a nice memorial for him oh nice but uh i got to meet him a couple years ago and i dragged andy parks with me and i'm like andy i know you don't know this guy but just like with you i'm like let me give you his resume and he's like holy shit i do want to meet this guy <laughs> that's cool <laughs> He's like, I like all of his stuff. I just didn't know who it was. So, yeah, and he was great. And he was. He was, like, in his, like, mid-80s or whatever. And totally weird kind of beatnik dude. Like, really was one of those beat generation guys that never really gave up the lifestyle and everything. And uh, couldn't have been nicer. And it was great. You know, me and Andy are there. And we're both in our late 40s. And we're like, yeah, Mr. Johnson, we're just really big fans. like, oh, thanks, boys. That's very nice. We're like, boys, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We're old. And he's calling us boys. So, let's see. Last hurrah. Apartment, Ocean's Eleven, Harvey. Oh. So there's your crazy person yeah, taking yeah, yeah, yeah. people on an adventure. Uh, the Great Escape, which another great John Sturgis movie. Yep. Witness for the Prosecution. Oh. And The Verdict. Nice. The Met. Yeah, yeah, That's a solid list. Solid list. What can I say? I know you're a movie guy. Uh, yeah, so. it's, it's much easier for me to do the movies than uh, the TV shows or any of the other stuff. You know, like I, uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I know movies better, I guess. Um, it's been fun. What's been going on in the movie world for you? Uh, stuff, but I can't say. I never talk about the movie okay. stuff until it actually happens, just because uh, it's you. the movie world. It's like, it, it just takes a lot longer. <laughs> no, no, I, well, I don't talk about anything until it happens. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's uh, comics or comics or uh, if somebody's going to talk to you about a comics project, it is um, it's very likely that that they are ready to do a project right now. You know what I mean? Um, sure. So your chances of actually doing something are much higher in the movie business you can do movie you do meetings all the time but there's not but you're doing meetings with you know folks who are awesome and who are you know you're very happy to do those meetings but they are uh folks are folks are paid to do meetings you know they're it's um it's not like the comics world where they are only going to talk to you if they have a project that they are going to do right now. You know what I mean? Like that, like comic, the comics world, they don't have time to mess around. Um, they don't have time to, you know, uh, yeah, they're, it's a little more, uh, nose to the grindstone. So, uh, but in the, in the movie world, 
you know, you can, you can do a lot of meetings without anything happening for a long time. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I, 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 uh, I can't say anything, but I might have something to say, uh, in the not too distant future. So we'll see. Well, here's hoping, yes. you know, are you aware of a podcast and I just discovered it in the last month and I'm looking, yes, here it is. <clears throat> The Blacklist Podcast. Do you know about this? No, I know about the Blacklist, but I didn't know about the podcast. Or the... Okay, it, is, it has nothing to do with uh, What's-His-Face's TV show. Okay. And it has nothing to do with the Hollywood 10, uh, the commu- you know, the people right. that were declared communists and stuff. Um, this is a podcast that they dramatize, they do dramatic table readings of, as they call it, some of Hollywood's best unmade screenplays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's what I, okay. I, I knew about those screenplays, but I didn't know there was a podcast for it, so that's cool. Yeah, it's great. Oh, I, I didn't realize that that was like nomenclature just for unmade movies. The black. Well, Star. yeah, folks have talked about that. I guess there, every once in a while, there's a there's a uh, there's a movie that gets made off of that, and then people talk about it all over again. So, yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Because I just I just heard one that was a dramatization of Hitchcock uh, in Hollywood in the very early uh, talky thirties. Oh wow. And it's and it you know of course has nods to he meets people that. You know, or obvious ciphers for future characters in future Hitchcock movies. Oh, right, right, right. Oh. And it's cute. It's it was it was fun, and it was it was honestly well um, dramatized in terms of the the cast and and the sound effects and the music. And it's like it was really good. So yeah, there's a recommendation. It's called the Blacklist Podcast, and they only produce like a handful of episodes each year. Yeah, because that sounds like a really big undertaking. Yeah. Yeah, dude, you know, there's another great one. Do you listen to You Must Remember This? No. That's a whole old Hollywood uh, stories oh, cool. podcast. And it's this woman who lives in England, and her name is Katrina Longworth. <laughs> and she's an American woman. And I forget what magazine she, she's worked at in the past. But she's a she's a tremendous narrator. They have great mood music. And it's one of those storytelling podcasts. And she's great. And, I mean, honestly, they're just, like, in fact the actual communist blacklist and stuff. She just finished a season of that and spent time on each writer and, and actor uh, or a very, you know, a number of actors and writers that were subject to the blacklist That's cool. and stuff. What did you see Trumbo? No, no, I did not. I, That's great. I missed a lot. I have missed a lot. I gotta say. <laughs> well, I was going to ask about superhero movies, but what were you about to say? Uh, you know, that, I was going to say, what's the name of that, that second podcast you were talking about again? You must remember this. <laughs> And I forgot immediately. <laughs> exactly. So remember, so memorable. You've already forgotten it. It's good, but yeah, it's good. It's it's really cool. Actually, they just started a Joan Crawford uh, miniseries for the summer, and it's fun. And it's really, I mean, got it. Like you know, co- like the first episode really covered her from the silent, like her early life through the silent era and the very early talkies of the '30s before she marries. I didn't know she married Douglas Fairbanks Jr., but apparently she did. Oh, wow. So pretty interesting stuff. That is cool. If you're if you're a movie nerd, so what superhero movies have you seen this year? I haven't year? seen anything. It's ridiculous. Really, no Deadpool, no, no Batman, Superman, no, no Suicide Squad. What the fuck? Man? <laughs> I've been writing, man. I've been oh, all right. I've been busy. I've been uh, I've been yeah, just cranking out script, baby. I understand. All good, man. But well, I you know I mean, it's, it, anything else you want to promote or? I uh, know uh, that's you have covered it beautifully. I oh, it's always a pleasure, dude. No, oh, and you know, um, you were on recently, um. Talking about your um, your your wasn't it your writing book? Oh, that you had the Kickstarter? Kickstarter Secrets book. That's what we talked yes. about. Yeah, that wasn't. So much yeah, no, I do want to. I, I do want to ask more yeah, about yeah. that. So, I'm, I'm writing it, and it is. Uh, yeah, it's a book about uh, 
all kinds of tips for uh, for for doing Kickstarters. Um, after I did all those Kickstarters for the children's books and everything else. Uh, yeah, how many have you done so far? I've done four now, including the Kickstarter Secrets book. And then I've been part of a couple of others. Um, uh, not not ones that I ran, but that I contributed to or helped out with in some way or another. So, okay. Um, okay. But yeah, so... Uh, um, but yeah, the, the 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 campaign for that went really well. Um, we had something like six hundred backers, which was amazing. Fantastic. Uh, um, and so yeah, I'm so I'm gonna. I, I we will deliver in October. That is the plan. So that's fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. And now, are your other uh, books, your kids' books and stuff, are they available as eBooks as well? Yes. Uh, well, they're they're primarily available in print. Uh, sure. But uh, but yeah, you can get those at gregpockshop.com. Oh, and do you even sell the ebooks exclusively at Greg? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shop.com. yeah. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. No, I'm interested because yeah, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I keep hearing uh, that as as big of an impact that ebooks initially made, that the market is kind of softened. I also understand the value of of selling hard books versus ebooks. Yeah. Well, for kids' books, I mean, I honestly, the the we, I mean, I the ebooks don't really sell you know what i mean it's really people buy the physical book i think for kids books in particular that's um that's what people want you know because people are buying it for sure. gifts or for or to to, well, that's to read to their kids and i think people just enjoy having a physical book more than being off oh, of yeah. a tablet um so and that's that and that's i mean i I'm, I'm i'm all good with that i love sending out those books I hear you, man. No, that man, that does make sense. Okay, well, that's great, and uh, glad to hear that the the, the uh, Kickstarter yeah. book is on oh, schedule. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, well, but uh, but speaking about the ebook thing, the Kickstarter book is an ebook, you know, because it's a. Different, I figured. Go yeah, because it's a different uh, it's a different audience. Like that is a that's a how to book for a digital world kind of thing. You know what I mean? So it just made sense to do that as a as a digital book uh, that didn't feel like it needed to be a a physical book. A physical yeah. Book. So uh, so you know different strategies for different genres. I think. No, I understand, and yeah, that's why, I, like I said, I'm I'm certainly curious. Yeah. So, I'm I'm interested in, in in that that world. You know, diversify. There you go. All right, fair enough, Greg Pak. I'll let you be. Thank you, sir. Uh, Always King. a huge pleasure. <laughs> Likewise, man. Kingsway West, Dark Horse Comics. Check out that first issue, and uh, continued success with uh, the totally awesome Hulk, who is uh, proving uh, to uh, live up to his title and <laughs> exciting stuff coming. And and yeah, the Fallen is already out, um, but. Uh, we will uh, we will uh, pick the, if we didn't pick it up this week. People can pick it up, I'm sure, next That's week. Right. And uh, oh yeah, and pick that. Oh yeah, go yeah, on. I forgot to plug. If you uh, if you are intrigued with about Kingsway West, if you want to pre-order the next issues, go to kingswaywest.com. K-I-N-G-S-W-A-Y-W-E-S-T.com. There you go. Excellent, man. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I uh, I'm glad things are working. And uh, honestly, I think uh, you're you're one of the guys that. Uh, people who aspire to do what you do, uh, we should really pay attention to how you do oh, it. Oh man, thank you. And, and uh, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, everything's working well. So keep it up. Thank you so much. Always fun to talk to Greg Pock, and uh, happy to welcome him back to Word Balloon. And uh, the next conversation can't come soon enough. So uh, great luck with uh, Kingsway West, Totally Awesome Hulk, and uh, Escape from New York meets Big Trouble in Little China. Really interesting projects right now for Greg Pock and beyond. Uh, thanks a lot for listening to today's Word Balloon. We've fallen into a rhythm lately, I think, where we're promoting whatever the product is that people are talking about and then get into some deep conversation about some sort of geek trope that uh, the, the person is interested in. And I'm happy to roll with that. Great conversation about Westerns today. 
And uh, I've already got a couple other uh, episodes in the bag that uh, I'll be presenting in the next uh, couple days. Uh, Emma Rios is coming on. It's wonderful to have Emma back. And uh, we're talking about uh, <clears throat> two books in particular, and that those are Mirror and also her wonderful anthology that she does, Island. In addition to that, we talk a little bit about Pretty Deadly, comparing Mirror to Pretty Deadly. But uh, as far as the creative process goes, uh, that's a tremendous talk. And then Ibrahim Mustafa is going to be coming on. And, uh, man, he's got a very cool foreign intrigue, espionage story, a Nazi war hunter story called Jaeger that is available as a digital comic from a new app called Stila. And uh, you can get the first issue for free, and, and Ibrahim uh, tells us how to do that. But that, of course, inspires an entire conversation about uh, James Bond, uh, spy movies in general, uh, certainly old-school spy movies. And then, uh, as well, we're both big Superman fans, and we just talk about how great uh, the current run uh, at DC is of Superman. So uh, it's great to talk to Ibrahim. And uh, so those two conversations are really coming up in the next few days. I know I always say that, and I mean it when I say it, but then, you know, r the real world kind of intervenes. But the fact that these are in the can, I think, uh, will help uh, these, uh, these interviews uh, get to you quicker. Uh, plus, man, I got two others that are kind of burning. I haven't, I haven't done the conversations yet, but uh, they're coming up uh, as far as me uh, talking to people uh, within the next week, all before Labor Day. Uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I'm covered for the Labor Day weekend and then I've got content both before and after because, you know, sometimes people are traveling and uh, it's tough to get somebody on the phone, you know, as the beginning of Labor Day. And then they're back. And, of course, they're tired from uh, whatever vacation time they did during Labor Day. So uh, the good news. Uh, I think uh, August I'm going to go out with a bang and uh, welcome September with great conversation as well. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you've been enjoying <clears throat> what I do here at Word Balloon. Uh, do me a favor if you do, especially if uh, you get the uh, program via iTunes. Would you go over there and uh, write me a review? I've got a lot of new listeners. I could tell from the downloads. And uh, if if you like what you're hearing on Word Balloon, please share it with friends. Uh, let let people know. Let your friends know. But also, if you could write a review at uh, at iTunes, that would be great. Word Balloon is brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. That's you. Thank you very much for your support. Uh, again, if you if you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, if you can afford it, uh, it's you know, really whatever you can spare from a dollar on. But if you think what I do here is uh, worth your time, and uh, if you can spare a buck or two, that'd be great. Go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or go to wordballoon.com and uh, click on the Patreon page there. It will lead you to uh, my uh, Patreon subscription site. Thank you very much, really, for the support, League of Word Balloon listeners. Word Balloon is also brought to you by InStock Trades at instocktrades.com where great stuff is going on at amazing prices. Let's, let's get some old-school stuff. How about the pre-code classic, This Magazine is Haunted? Uh, great stuff from uh, the pre-code days of the golden age of comics. Uh, you got uh, Shelley uh, Moldoff and uh, many other artists uh, represented here in this very interesting golden age collection. It is 25% off perfect Halloween gift. Uh, it's only uh, $52.49, and it comes in a nice slipcase edition, pretty snazzy stuff. You can also get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ongoing from IDW, uh, Volume 3 collection. Uh, it features, of course, Kevin Eastman writing, Kevin Eastman drawing, great Kevin Eastman stuff from the Turtles. It is 30% off, just $34.99. You can get Batgirl, Volume 3, excuse me, Minefields. And that's Cameron Stewart and Babs Tarr, their wonderful run. Uh, <clears throat> also, Brendan Fletcher doing uh, co-writing on that. Um, let's see. It is, uh, 
45% off, $9.34. Did I mention, ran into Brendan Fletcher at San Diego, and literally it was one of those like 10-second, hey, man, how you doing? And he's like, I got to do your show. And I'm like, yeah, you do. A long time coming, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brendan's as a writer uh, and also as a podcaster. So I really do look forward to that eventual word balloon. We got we to gotta make that happen. Uh, but again, I've got, <laughs> I got this laundry list of people that I really want to get on. So uh, let's see. We've got the De- Defenders Epic Collection, the Six-Fingered Hand Saga. And uh, <laughs> what a great classic Defenders uh, matchup here. Uh, 50% off on this one. That's uh, 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 J.M. DiMatteis and uh, uh, Don Perlin are the uh, creators on uh, this wonderful run. 50% off, just $19.99. And this is like your classic Defenders, and you got Doctor Strange, and you got uh, Valkyrie, and, uh, you know, the Gargoyle, and, and all these wonderful characters in addition to Damian Hellstrom, and I believe Devalina is in there, or perhaps, uh, I'm not really sure. Well, let's see. It says, Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Nighthawk, Hellcat, and the Son of Satan on wild adventures into the occult. And... Uh, I don't know. Let's see. Dra- they face Dracula. They face the Devil Slayer. Pretty neat stuff. Uh, so, yeah, 50, 50% off. It's just $19.99. That's That sounds pretty good. Uh, I mentioned before the Omega Men with uh, Tom King and uh, Tom's excellent uh, collaborator, Barnaby Bag- Bagneta. I want to say his name right. There we go. The End is Near. The wonderful uh, 12 issues is all t- collected in one single volume, and it's only $12.49 at InStockTrades.com. You can get uh, the Absolute Court of Owls hardcover from Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, the wonderful epic Batman story, 45% off, $54.99. You can get 2000 AD sci-fi thrillers. What a tremendous anthology of some of the great works of Pat Mills, Ian Gibson, Grant Morrison, Will Simpson, Peter Milligan, Paul Cornell. Good stuff. Uh, this is uh, 50% off. It's just $15.50. Just some of the great deals that are happening at InStockTrades.com. Don't take my for- word for it. Go over there, check out some of the great deals yourself. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. And it's uh, it's a great company that gives you great books at great prices. InStockTrades.com. Thanks for listening to Word Balloon. Join us in a few days for our next Word Balloon episode. I believe it will uh, likely be Emma Rios. And uh, it was wonderful to get Emma back on the phone on a Sunday morning. And uh, we enjoyed each other's company and uh, had a great conversation. And it was great to uh, get to know Emma a bit better. She's only been on one time before with Kelly Sue when they were just getting started with Pretty Deadly. And uh, the book has become a mainstay since the second volume uh, trade paperback is uh, out, I believe, this week. And uh, it's wonderful to catch up with Emma and uh, see what's going on in her world with uh, not only uh, Pretty Deadly, but also her book, The Mirror, and uh, an I- and uh, Island, an excellent anthology that she does. A tremendous conversation with Emma Rios on the next Word Balloon. Please join us. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2016. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.